Well, good morning, everyone. Would you join me in a word of prayer this morning before we dive into God's word? Father, we thank you so much for the breath of life this morning. And God, I uh, recognize that not everyone who walked in here today walked in with joy and excitement. Um, God, many who came into this place today came in with uh, worry, anxiety, concern, maybe even trouble, tribulation, suffering. God, it may be physical, it may be over someone else, maybe over a situation in a relationship, finances. And God, right now, I pray in the strong name of Jesus for each one of us who walked in here, even if we walked in with a spirit of joy and excitement to come and worship you. God, I pray right now for your Holy Spirit to settle us, to help us focus. And God, may your spirit lead us and guide us right now. As we look to your word and your word alone to help define who we are. God, I do pray for those who are suffering. I do pray for those who are in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of worry. God, I pray that you would be a comfort. God, I pray that you would be one who leads to the path of righteousness. God, that you would lead those who are suffering and who are hurting by still waters, as your word says. And God, I pray for those who walked in here today. And God, we just need to hear from you. And maybe we need a strong voice. God, I pray that you would be that for us this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would meet us wherever we are, God. And I pray as we dive into finding out who we really are, God, I pray that you would open up this amazing, amazing idea, value, this thing of understanding who we are in you. Because your word says, if any of us are in you, we are a new creation. The old is past and the new has come. May you be pleased and glorified by everything that is said and sung this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, my name's Todd. For those of you I don't know, uh, I'm the lead pastor. I'm really glad that you're here this morning. You guys came out on a beautiful Chamber of Commerce Sunday, except for the pollen. All right, anybody dealing with pollen? I know I am, all right. Yeah, out at the soccer field all day yesterday. It's just the perfect environment to be healthy this time of year. Okay, so uh, now that we got that out of the way, I'm really glad that you're here today. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Romans chapter 8. If you don't, the verses will be on the screen today, and we're going to start in Romans 8. We're beginning a new series. We're diving into a new series. It's a shorter series, three weeks, uh, and we are going to be focusing on who we are, and, and I love the name of our series. We've entitled it, Who Do You Really Think You Are, all right? Because um, let's face it, sometimes we don't know exactly who we are. Am I right? I mean, sometimes we're confused by who we are. Um, I, I know in my family, being a Cullen, being, being the son of David and, and Susan Cullen, um, you know, my dad especially, there was, it was kind of like driven and drilled into me that there's a certain way that you act as, as a, a child that was born into the Cullen family. Some of you know what I'm talking about, you know, like, you know, you're a Cullen and act like it, and you fill in the blank with your family name or, or whatever, and, and you act like it, and, and so there's this expectation that's driven, and uh, man, it's really good for me, and, you know, maybe in some ways really bad for me, I don't know, but uh, we have this idea from our very birth of who we are. 
But the world tells us that maybe we're something that's different than God created us. In fact, I want to suggest to you this morning that um, we as, as Americans and we in the world, we, we have an identity crisis, don't we? And, and I know that phrase is used a little bit flippantly. It's used maybe a little bit too much um, in culture, and we, be, it, we become kind of numb to it. But, but we really do have an identity uh, crisis. In fact, there are, there are a lot of things that are pulling us away from like who we are, who God has created us to be um, in society. If you watch TV and you're a fan of maybe some of these series that are out now, I, I'm, I'm going to admit I am too, all right? Um, some of these that are really you know, exciting and, and mystery and filled with you know, spy stuff. I love that kind of thing. Uh, but so many of them have to do with someone who's, who's kind of like has multiple identities, right? Someone who's an alias. In fact, that was kind of the beginning one. In fact, a lot of people think that we named our daughter Sydney from the alias show, but we never watched it back then, so it wasn't true. So anyway, and uh, so anyway, uh, we, we have entertainment that pulls us to, to a place where, you know, like we're, we're really interested in that kind of thing. Science, in recent years, we have kind of the, the, the birth or the kind of like rise of all the different things invo- involving eugenics and genetics and, you know, human cloning that has, has kind of come about. Out in recent years, and then society with the rise of kind of gender rights and that sort of thing all pull us to a place where we're, we're pulled away from who God made us, and, and the church has a tendency to kind of view those things and, and, and throw rocks at it and, and maybe kind of judge it, and, and I want to suggest to you this morning, church, that before we do that, before we evaluate that, that we as a church and we as Christ followers, we have an identity crisis as well. In fact, I think that we are pulled by things in our life that we think that we belong to or that we're a part of that pull us away from who God made us and who he intended for us to be. And we're pulled in so many different directions to define who we are and our faith journey then all of a sudden becomes something that is um, maybe stifled or stunted or perhaps it's non-existent because we really don't understand who we are in Christ. And we just sang several songs that echo exactly what God's word says we are in Christ. So we're no longer slaves that we've been brought to a place of freedom, that we have certain rights and responsibilities of who we are in Christ. Now, in the Bible, in the New Testament, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, uses the phrase, in Christ, he uses it 164 different times. And so we see kind of through the whole breadth of Paul's work in the New Testament, and it's mentioned in other places, even in the Old Testament, that once we become Christ followers, There's a position, a spiritual position that we have that is truly no longer out on our own, vulnerable and like, you know, in in this state of vulnerability and and, and fear and and worry that we have to be in. We are truly in Christ. We're, we're, We're secure there and we're seated. And so today we begin this series because I think that someone needs to raise the red flag and ask the question, who do you really think you are? And I realize that in a room the size, you know, between both services, three, 300 adults or so, that um, there, there are some of you who came in today, and you've been a Christ follower for a long time. And so this whole idea of your identity being in Christ, you've, you've kind of got this down. 
And there are some of you who are new, new believers. You know, maybe you've just recent in recent weeks and days, months, years, I don't know, become a Christ follower, and this is new. Or, or maybe some of you are here today, and you've been a Christ follower for a long time, but nobody really explained all that you are because you call yourself a Christian and because you've put your faith in Jesus. Well, these next three weeks are intended to give you three anchors on who you are in Christ. Now, here's where we're going to go. I want to set this up because I want you to understand that our, um, our ability to understand who we are in Christ has so much to do with what God gives us as soon as we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And so over the course of these next three weeks, we're going to answer that question, who do you really think you are, by making three statements. And the first one we're going to discover today is that I have a family. I have a family. And so we're going to discover that. We're going to discover the fact that I have a home and I have a purpose over these next three weeks. And we're going to begin with a family because I believe that if you and I can truly understand who we are in Christ, if we can get a glimpse of what that looks like in the picture that Paul paints and that God has intended for us, then we can go from a place where we live our Christian journey, our spiritual journey, our journey with God, kind of down in the gutter or, or down in the, kind of the mess of life, the, you know, around here, the lagoon or the marsh of life, um, and we can live it in a place where we experience abundance and vitality. Because we don't have to live down here. We don't have to have small-minded thinking. We can have a wide-angle lens view and a large view of what all that God has for us as Christ followers if we can embrace who we are as Christ followers. It reminds me of a story. Um, I read it in a theology book, and um, one of our teachers in the last, um, one of, a good friend of ours, one of our teachers um, in our community came up to me afterwards and said that she read it in a third grade reading street book, so that was really encouraging. I read it in a theology book. She read it in a third grade reading street book, so I, that really humbled me. So who am I in Christ? I'm humble this morning, all right? So anyway, um, but I read this story that really kind of defines what I'm talking about today, and it has to do, and I'm going to read bits and pieces of it, it has to do um, with a, a farmer who found a baby eagle. And probably you've heard the story about the eagle who became a chicken and then became an eagle. While walking through the forest one day, this farmer, this man found this young eagle and he had fallen out of his nest, took it home, he put it in his barnyard, he put it in a chicken coop. And that eagle, that young eagle, learned to eat and it learned to behave like a chicken. <laughs> well, one day a, a naturalist, a scientist, an academic guy walked by, and he visited this farmer, and he asked, why was the king of all birds living in a chicken coop? Why was the king of all birds not able to fly like he was meant to fly? Well, the farmer replied that since he had given it chicken feed and trained it to be a chicken, it had never learned how to fly. Since now it behaved as chickens do, the farmer said, it's no longer an eagle. Still, the naturalist replied, it has the heart of an eagle, and it can surely be taught to fly. And so he lifted the eagle towards the sky, and he threw it up in the air, and the eagle landed on the ground in the chicken coop. And he began to eat chicken feed once again. And he began to run around just like the chicken, just like he was trained to do. 
And so the naturalists determined, you know what, that this bird is meant to fly. This is an eagle. And he said to the eagle, stretch out your wings and fly. So he took it to the top of a roof and he let it go. And the eagle spread its wings and fell flat down on the ground. Didn't harm him, okay? No eagles were harmed in the story, okay? And he began to bounce around once again like a chicken. Eating the chicken food, acting like a chicken, understanding his purpose as a chicken. We know what that is, right? All right? Hint, hint, wink, wink. Well, the naturalist finally decided that he would take the eagle out of the barnyard up onto a high mountain. And he lifted the eagle up, and he put him out over a ledge. And he said, eagle, it's time to fly. And after a few moments of fluttering around and trying to flap its wings, the eagle began to fly. It was a little crazy at first, but then all of a sudden he began to soar because he realized who he truly was. And I wonder if you and I aren't sometimes as Christ followers, like that eagle, living among the chickens, eating chicken food, acting like something that God has told us we're not, and purpose to do something that God has no intention for us. And I think that one of the things that we have to do is we have to go back to Scripture. We have to go back to what God's Word says about who we are in Christ. And for some of you, this is going to be a reminder of who you are. Because like myself, I'm going to admit that, we forget it. Or perhaps we forget it often. And for some of you, maybe no one ever taught you this. Or for some of you, maybe you've believed the lie that someone else has told you about who you are supposed to be. And God's word is clear on who we are supposed to be. If you have your Bibles, turn again to Romans chapter 8. I want to begin today by telling you that one of the answers to who do you think you are is that you and I are part of God's family. We have been adopted as Christ followers into the family of God. Check out Romans 8, 14 through 17 this morning. Paul says this to the Christians who are in Rome. He says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. He begins by, by making a statement that when we become Christians, when we put our belief or our faith in Jesus to be our Savior, at that moment, um, we have the Holy Spirit that indwells us, and we have a choice, according to this, to either follow or not follow the Spirit of God. And so he says, all who are following the Spirit of God, who are led by the Spirit of God, are sons of God. And he says this in verse 15, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into, what's that next word? You can say it with me. Fear. And I'm going to admit to you, even as your pastor, that there are times that I live kind of down here in the chicken coop largely because of fear. I think fear can be one of the most debilitating lies that we believe about ourselves. And the Bible says we do not have to live in fear, just like we sang a few moments ago. That we don't have to live as slaves to fear. We don't have to live down there. We don't have to live in, in the shallow, in the, in the small thing of life. We do not have to do that because, take a look, and here's why in the second part of verse 15, because you have received the spirit of, what does that next word say? Adoption. Because you've received the spirit of adoption as sons 
by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And Paul uses that great word, Abba, there, that means, some of you are like, that's an old rock group back from my day. Yep, mm-hmm, I'm right there with you, okay? Um, but he uses that word because that word means daddy. And today, regardless of what your adopted, physical adopted or biological father was, I want you to hear today that you have a spiritual father who has his arms open wide, and he's daddy. And he can erase the old picture of perhaps what you had. And you can run into his loving arms, and you can call him daddy. He can be the father to you. We've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, daddy, father. The spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God children of the king, and if children, then heirs. You like that part? You like the heirs part? That's, that's a lot of fun and inheritance, right? I mean, most of us probably will live our lives and receive little to no inheritance, but man, we have a spiritual inheritance as children of the king. He says we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. He's saying there that we are going to go through suffering because of who we are in Christ. But that is part of what it means to be a child of God. We receive all the rights and we receive all the responsibilities of being children of God. And I believe that we can live a better life full of spiritual confidence if we understand and make these proclamations. And I've given you four statements. They're kind of creeds or proclamations, if you will, of what it means to be a child of God because I think sometimes we may forget these, uh, the, these things or we may not have learned these things in our spiritual life. By the way, there are 2% of children that you see in the world who are adopted, and some of you probably were adopted. I would guess there's probably maybe more than 2% of you actually were adopted as children. And I love the whole idea that that Paul uses, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, the idea of adoption. Now, I wasn't adopted, but some of you were, and you probably know someone who was. My grandfather was adopted by um, uh, the the man who married his mother when his his father died, and, and he became an heir of that family. He became a part of that family. And adoption used to have the idea of, of rejection as kind of the main theme. But boy, we come to understand something completely different if we're Christians about adoption, don't we? We come to understand that adoption is something that is absolutely not about rejection. In fact, it is completely about acceptance. And that's the first statement that I want to make this morning. Who do you really think you are? You are, and we can say this about our new family, my new family accepts me as I am. You know, that's the beauty of adoption is that a mom or or a dad or, or a family decides to adopt someone and they choose to adopt that child with all the great things and all the ugly parts that come with that child. And that's the picture that Paul is trying to paint with you and with me spiritually. Our son, for the longest time, wanted a little brother. We have a, a, a girl and a, and a little boy, and uh, they're, they're not little anymore. They're 12, almost 13, and, and 10. And uh, for the longest time when Sean was little, he's like, I want a little brother, I want a little brother. Let's adopt a little brother. And we're like, no, thank you. It's not for us, okay? But, man, what a beautiful picture 
Maybe Sean was trying to tell us something. I don't know. But anyway, it was a beautiful picture of what God intends for you and for me spiritually is that we are fully adopted and we come into the family of God as we are accepted as we are. And that is great news in answering that question, who do I really think I am or who do you really think you are? That we are adopted into the family of God, and you can have this new family confidence because you are accepted as you are. We kind of talk about that around here in this uh, family of God here at Hilton Head Island Community Churches is that you can come here and you can belong before you have to behave. In fact, you can believe and you can belong before you have to behave. Because we understand that sometimes behavior is slow to change, isn't it? God understands that as well. He understands that, and he accepts you exactly as you are. Secondly, not only does my new family accept me as I am, but my new father loves me even when I'm unlovely. Now, look, um, you know, I was a child once. I was a teenager, you guys. Um, I I was in middle school and high school, and there were times I disappointed my mom and dad. Any of you ever had that experience? You disappointed your mom and dad? There's like one honest person right now. Okay, all right, there you go. Uh, yeah, okay, I see a few more hands. Our Heavenly Father loves us even when we reject Him, even when we are unlovely. And that's the beauty of the new relationship that we have spiritually is that we were once rejected and now we're accepted. We were once unloved because we were unlovely, and now we're loved just by a condition of adoption, just by a condition of the fact that our spiritual dad accepts us into his family. And the third statement is is that my new inheritance is secure despite what I do. We're going to touch on this a little bit more next week, but our spiritual inheritance is secure despite what I do. You know, we can go throughout our lives and and we can think that heaven is our only spiritual inheritance. And we're going to talk a little bit about that next week, like I said. But um, there are so many more things in the Christian life that you and I have at our disposal that are part of our spiritual inheritance that we never tap into. And that I, as a Christ follower for many, many years, and maybe some of you as a Christ follower for many, many years, forget when we're in the pinch. We forget about those things, or we leave them behind, or we believe lies about ourselves. But the truth is this, is that there's an old frame of reference, and there's a new frame of reference. And the old frame of reference says that we're rejected, and the new frame of reference says we're accepted. The old frame of reference says that we were hated or unloved, and the new frame of reference says that we are loved. And finally, the old frame of reference says that we are in debt to someone else, and now we have an inheritance that's amazing. And those are the rights of someone who's been adopted in the family of God. That's who you are if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You are accepted, you are loved, and you have an inheritance. But along with that comes responsibility. See, we have all the rights of an adopted child of God, but we also have responsibility as a child of God. And if we walk through the series and all we do is get all this information about who we are in Christ, and it's so wonderful and it's amazing, but we do nothing with it, then we've really done nothing to move our faith forward, to get out of the chicken coop and fly like an eagle like God intended for us to do. 
And so the fourth statement really has to do with our responsibility. And that is this, that my new family responsibility comes more naturally because of who I am. You see, back in the first century, the, the, the first churches, first groups of, of Christians, most of them were Jewish, and they were having a hard time understanding that when Jesus came and he died on the cross, and three days later he, he rose again from the dead, that that brought to completion the law, the way that they felt accepted and, and loved and, and had inheritance was by a list of do's and don'ts. And, and when Jesus died and, and, and uh, rose again from the dead, all of that was drawn to a conclusion. No longer did you have to abide by a list of do's and don'ts. And so no longer did your acceptance into the family of God, your love or ability to be loved by the Father uh, be predicated on, on you keeping a list of rules, nor did your inheritance for the future um, be determined by keeping those rules for the rest of your life. However, however, If the great thing that God did was accept us into his family, out of a natural overflow of gratitude and genuine thanksgiving, our lives should scream, scream in our actions that we are children. I want you to hear this, that we are children. We are sons and daughters of the king of kings that we have truly been adopted, chosen into this new family of God. And so our responsibilities no longer are predicated on a bunch of rules, but they should be just bubbling up, just driven up, just like rising up within us because of the gratitude that we have in our hearts. And I realize that some of you may be thinking what I go through sometimes, and that is, is yeah, but like being a child of, of the King of Kings, the, the creator of heaven and earth, um, like living up to that responsibility, I don't know if I can do. I don't know if I can accomplish that. I don't know if that thing that pulls me back into misalignment with God and his purpose, I don't know if I can resist that. I don't know if I can like... Uh, you know, not believe the lies that society and my friends and everyone tells me that I should believe about myself. I don't know if I can do it. And the answer to your question is this. You can't. You can't. Aren't you glad you came to church and you heard your pastor say, you can't do that today. Because we on our own can't. But one of the things that we have as an inheritance is we have the power of God on our side to be able to to behave and be responsible children of the king. Paul says this to the church in Philippians 4.13, church in Philippi. He says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. If you're here today and you've been defeated by a circumstance or a situation that has happened and it has been forced upon you, and your tendency is just to like go, man, I just want to live like the chickens in the chicken coop and eat the chicken foods and have the chicken purpose. Well, you can live like a son or daughter of the king because you have the power of God on your side. You can do all things, not by yourself, but through Christ who gives you strength. That situation that you are overcome with because of fear, you can overcome not on your own, but because you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. 
You see, we have this idea that it's okay to live with guilt and remorse and in sadness, but, but I got to tell you, and here's what I want you to remember today is because I'm a part of God's family, I can now live with confidence, no longer doubting who I am. Loved, accepted, and with an inheritance. Paul also mentions this in his letter to the Ephesians, the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, he says this, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, he was jailed at the time, uh, he was writing this, he says, I urge you to walk in a manner, what's that next word say? Worthy of the high calling to which you have been called. And then he even goes on to describe it with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of peace in the spirit and with the bond of peace. And so if we're adopted into the family of God, if we've been taken from a place of being hated to loved, rejected to accepted, and in debt to someone else, to a place where we receive an inheritance, man, shouldn't we act like children of the king? Because of the fact that God chose each one of us. You know, I think that um, we have a choice in the matter to a certain degree. Yes, God chose us, but we can choose in our spirit and in our heart who we are adopted by. We make the choice every single day. And we can choose to be adopted by the family of God, or we can choose to be adopted by fear. Or we can choose to be adopted by the comparison that our friends, students, middle school and high school students bring, and adults, by the way. We can choose to be adopted and, and be, the, be a person that's defined by our success in our business. We can choose to be adopted students, once again, by our grades. I'm not telling you to blow off your grades, okay? That's not what I'm saying. Parents, please reserve the email, okay? I want them to do well. I'm just saying they don't have to be defined by it. Are we in agreement, moms and dads? Is that cool? Uh, man, I'm not getting that feeling. Anyway, we'll move on. All right, we don't have to be adopted by what even loved ones tell us that's not true, and that's not in alignment with the Word of God. But you and I can choose each and every day to be adopted by God. Problem is, is that sometimes in my life, I know, and sometimes in all of our lives, we have things that we are doing in our lives that are misaligned with people are children of the king. And so that's my action item for you today is this. Identify one thing, just one thing in your daily life that maybe needs to change, that maybe needs to come more in line with what it means to be a member of God's family. You know, a message like this is, is nothing if we don't ask God's spirit to investigate our lives and to search us and to find out if who we really are, and that's a member of the family of God, an adopted member of the family of God, are really living like we're a member of the family of God. Listen, it's okay, Christ follower, to struggle with this. It's okay to, to work this out and have it be something that's difficult. It's difficult for me every day to do exactly that. But if we're children of the king, man, we can act like it. If we're sons and daughters of the one who saved us. Doesn't he deserve the gratitude of our lives in the process? So let's identify one thing. Imagine Hilton Head Island Community Church, what might happen to us if we all walked understanding who we are, and that's adopted 
into the family of God. Would you pray with me this morning? God, thank you so much for your word. And God, I thank you so much for the fact that you've adopted us. And God, spiritually, um, we all may be in a place where, we all are in a place where before you, we were unloved. We were rejected. And we were in debt. But you chose to adopt us. You chose to bring us into your family. And Father God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus for those Christ followers who are in here, um, who there may be parts of their lives or one big part of their life or one small part of their life that's just nagging, that isn't coming in alignment with someone who's a son or a daughter of you. And God, I pray that we would take that freedom and that access and that we wouldn't take it for granted. But God, we would live in a manner that's worthy of our calling to be children of you. And right now, if you're a Christian in here, you call yourself a Christ follower and you're, you've put your faith in Jesus, I just want to give you a moment to, to ask God to reveal that one thing. Maybe it's a couple things. Maybe it comes easy. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a lifestyle. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's the way you treat others. Maybe it's apathy to God. Just allow God's Holy Spirit to investigate your life and reveal that thing that needs to be changed. Right now is God's revealing that to you and maybe he'll do it later maybe he'll do it throughout the next day or week I just pray that God's spirit would be with you that you would receive power and that you would be able to put on the full armor of God to be able to withstand and rise up above that thing or those things that he's just revealing to you right now may you have the strength that comes from him you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you've, um, you, you kind of get it today about the adoption thing, but you've never chosen to be adopted by God's family. You've never chosen to believe and put your faith in Him. I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that He rose again from the dead, that you'll be saved. There's not a lot of hoops to jump through. And so right now, I'm going to pray a prayer out loud. And if you've never put your trust in Jesus, maybe you've been in church all your life and you've just kind of sat there. You've never truly believed in him. I want to give the opportunity to become a member of the family of God right now. You can pray this prayer silently to God in your heart as I pray it out loud. It goes like this. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you that I'm an heir of you. Because right now, I recognize that my sin and my failures and my mistakes separates me from you. But I also realize that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. And right now, I trust in you, Jesus. Just in the quietness of this room in this moment, um, 
if you prayed that prayer in your heart to God, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out or up or anything like that. I just want to see your hand. If you would just raise it so I can pray for you. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else this morning pray that prayer? Just hold your hand up for a moment. God, I thank you for those. Thank you. Thank you for those who raise their hand in this room right now. And I pray that you would anchor them to your word. God, I pray that you would anchor them to a church. God, where they can find out more about what it means to be a son and a daughter of you. Help all of us to walk in that freedom, but also in that great responsibility that we have. God, to follow you and to to walk as sons and daughters each and every day. Give us the strength, not on our own, but give it to us because you're strong. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.